Welcome to the Mums King Matter podcast, where we explore the multifaceted experiences of women and mothers and why it's vital to truly look after ourselves. As mothers, we are doing one of the most important and challenging jobs, raising the next generation. I'm your host, Lucy. I'm the birth recovery coach, coach for mums, perinatal specialist, personal trainer, yoga teacher, and matrescence coach, working with women to make sense of their motherhood experience. It is my desire to help mums like you step into your power and rise as the change makers that we are. Just because society doesn't acknowledge the value of what mothers do, it doesn't mean we can't value ourselves. In my spare time, I love hanging out with my beautiful daughter, reading and writing poetry, long walks in nature, and a good soul-nourishing dance. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining me again. Choosing a personal trainer when pregnant or postnatal. So the first thing to think about, I would say, is to make sure that the someone you're working with has a specialism that they know, really, really know how to work with, how to handle a pregnant or postnatal client. That is really important. Yes, there are some basic things that every trainer could know, but to have that real specific knowledge and ideally, I would say experience is really, really helpful. So the experience of having been pregnant and the experience of having had a baby. So that aside, I also want to ask, do you think you'd like to work with a male or a female personal trainer? It can be helpful to think. Personally, I would want to work with a woman if I'd had a baby because, and ideally a mum, I think, because it can help to know that they have been through similar. Now, this isn't an absolute sure thing rule because my friend who is a wonderful sports therapist is excellent at knee rehab, but he's not had knee issues himself. Yeah, so this doesn't necessarily have to be the case. But I would say it's really helpful if you've got a mum that you're working with, coaching you, guiding you, training you, and they understand to a certain degree what you're going through, what you have been through. Doesn't mean they have to have been through the experience exactly themselves, but you know, to understand a little bit of the hormonal shifts, to understand a little bit of the sleep deprivation and the different reasons why you may or may not have done your homework or you may not be on top form today. Because I think it's super unhelpful when we are gaslit in our experience. So I think it's really, really important to be seen. Yes, of course, you can still push yourself to certain degrees, but it's really, really helpful if you're acknowledged, if you are super sleep deprived and it doesn't make sense to push you too much that day. So Checking that they've got a specialism is really, really key. I also wonder if you benefit most from being with someone who is a little bit pushy, puts a little bit of pressure on you, or gives you some space. And you might assume something from me saying those two things, oh, I prefer one to the other. And I just invite you to be curious Yes, it is great to be accountable. And that's one of the reasons why people choose to work with someone like me or a personal trainer, because you've got someone on the other end of the phone 
who is able to go, yes, well done. You did your exercise program during the week or cut yourself some slack. This has been tough. You're doing really well. You know, it helps to have someone who is, yeah, cheerleading for us. But sometimes people really benefit from a bit of tough love, they've said. So this isn't for me to answer. I just want you to acknowledge what you may benefit from, what you may get good results from. Because years ago when I signed up for a course or I think I was thinking about it or maybe actually I said no or I started it and I said I'm not up for this and um, it wasn't an unpleasant exchange at all but I remember being honest with the lady running it saying I don't like to be nagged, I don't like to be followed up and I know what that meant to me, I know what that means to me and I don't need to go into it more but I just literally don't like being nagged. So sometimes I'll start with clients and it's great to gauge or for, for by me asking them or by me figuring out that they do not want me to ask them different things. They don't want me to check in on them during the week. They don't want me to say, where's your food, Dory? Please, could you send it? I mean that in a nice way. It wasn't meant to sound, where is it? So yeah. And then, and then others might be, they might want that daily. Remember to do this today. Remember to, to do that today. Yeah, so pushy or someone who gives you space. You also might want to think about someone who gives you homework if you want to do homework, if you want to do a fitness program or a yoga stretching sequence during the week, or maybe it's a meditation, or maybe it's to listen to a podcast, which is exactly what you were talking about in one of your sessions. It can be super helpful to do bits of homework. And homework hopefully doesn't have too much of a negative association to do with school or anything. When I did a course with Amy Taylor Cabaz recently, Mama Rising, she called the homework soul work. And that was wonderful. I find that's just a gorgeous name for it. So you could call it soul work instead. So you may work well with soul work and want something to do in your own time. But please know that it also may not be suitable at all. You may literally not get the chance or want to have to do anything between your sessions. You might just want to turn up and to be taught and to be led and lap up the information, the conversation, the activities for that day, but not to do much between. Yeah. And there is no judgment in that. That is totally fine and valid. For example, I'd quite like to join a choir, but I absolutely don't want to do homework in between. I just want to turn up sing, enjoy the setting, enjoy the kind of um, community and go. I don't want to do stuff in between. You also might want someone who is sending you different resources that can help you to grow, help you to evolve, help you to learn more about what you're talking about during your sessions or what you've heard during kind of the week perhaps, because it can be that something say a juicy topic comes up and you need to or want to read more about it. You know, I might talk to a client about, say, um, the, the glucose goddess whose principles I more or less follow. And that would be something that would be really helpful to learn about to see if they or you wanted to apply. Same goes about all sorts of topics. So do you want someone who will send you things or would you rather just be left? 
You know, these are things to think about of what you would like to have in a coach or a personal trainer. And it's pretty obvious, but I'll say it now and I'll probably say it again later. You are likely to want to work with some trainers and not. I am drawn to some people and I'm not drawn to others. It is so natural for us to like some things and not, and to be aligned with some people and some not. Okay. So there isn't any judgment in this. So yeah, it can just be helpful to acknowledge this is aligned and that's okay. Another thing to consider, and this is something I'm really passionate about, is that you are not gaslit, judged, or condemned. So again, there's no person that I have in mind in particular here, but I would just say to, depending on where you are emotionally or kind of in your matrescence, I would watch out for someone who may gaslight, may judge or condemn. And, you know, in my 17 years, years working in well-being and fitness, I've witnessed all sorts of coaches and behavior and things. So I wouldn't want to personally turn up to a session and someone to say, oh, okay, but at least this, you know, and like you're knackered, you're, you're sleep deprived, you've had like three hours sleep, baby needing you in the night, that kind of thing. But like, that's, that's last night. Let's go on with the now because you need to take into account where you are. I don't always say that people will gaslight us. We can also gaslight ourselves. So it's helpful to, I feel, not coerce ourselves into things sometimes. Sometimes we can, of course, sometimes it's great to go out outside of our comfort zone and to push ourselves and that's where the magic can happen. But it's really important, I think, to be in tune with ourselves, to know when you are yeah, as I say, being gaslit or judged or condemned. You don't, I would say, I wouldn't want someone to condemn my food choices. I wouldn't want someone to condemn whatever it might be. Of course, someone might know better. Someone might be wiser, but the manner with which they convey that you could do it better, I think could do with being sensitive. And I hope that makes sense. And it doesn't mean that I can't take criticism or I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't take criticism, but I think it can say a lot about someone if they're like, no, that's shit. And just ruling it out. Of course, sometimes you don't always have time to explain. That's not a principle I agree with at all. But yeah, the language and the manner. And of course, you don't want judgment. There is so much judgment in motherhood and parenthood that, hell, we do not need more. Another thing, are they present when they are with you, when they are training you? I've seen so many personal trainers over the years looking at their phones. Of course, they might have been looking at the stopwatch or they might have been looking up something helpful, but they're not present with their client. They're looking around, they're checking out different people around the gym not really being present with the client. So you want, I would say, someone who is actively listening, giving you eye contact, not waiting to talk, not waiting to give you their perspective. They need to listen to you because it is so important to be seen and heard. Other things that I think can be helpful is, do they watch you whilst you're moving? That's something, that, and I'm not saying that I'm the guru, of course, but do they watch you while you move? Because a trainer, a well-trained trainer, I believe, is someone who watches your technique to see if there's anything to 
be mindful of posturally tension little bits going kind of skew with let's say yeah so a coach that watches you something to watch out for postnatally and in pregnancy is jumping too much and i won't fully explain why but if you've got someone who's like right let's get your heart rate up jumping and there's tons of jumping it's like actually you might want to be a bit more careful on the joints because of relaxing I wouldn't want you to also feel like you need to prove yourself to them. And this goes deeper into sort of personalities and different um, wounds we might have and, and wanting to perform for someone and that kind of thing, which is another topic in itself and really not my area of expertise. But I would just say if your trainer makes you feel crap for not achieving something, that's not healthy. Because I know from working with people that I want to be able to turn up, having done homework, having not done homework, feeling great, feeling not great and they accept me as I am. Of course, you want them to push you. Of course, you want them to lead you into something that is going to challenge you in the ways that you've asked for, depending on your vision, depending on what you're striving for. But I wouldn't want them to give you a look of disappointment or an air of disappointment because that's not yours to take on. And also you'll want someone who takes you out of your comfort zone in a way that isn't too toxic. And I'm tempted to say toxic masculinity here. And please know that that doesn't in any way mean that I hate men. It really doesn't. It's something that I probably need to do another podcast on its own for, but I wouldn't want you to feel like you plunge out of your depth and it shocks your nervous system. To give a quick example, there are some days of the month that I will do cold water exposure. And there are some days that I just won't, I can't, my body can't face it. And I don't want to dread it. And I don't want to push myself that much. You know, we can easily be led into something, the shoulds and the kind of go on, you've got this, you can do this and the kind of mind over matter and stuff. But I think it's always, it always comes down to a balance of when we know we can push ourselves and when we don't want to, and we, when we won't. And I saw a lovely friend of mine this morning who I'm going to do some work with. And I said to her, what's lovely about working with um, a trainer who knows their stuff like myself is I know how to work the body in a way that is going to push you, but not smash your system. So in pregnancy and postnatally, I've really enjoyed knowing my body better. And I know my body better than ever before now at 40 years old and my daughter is nine. But knowing when to push myself and when to hold back. And I, to be honest, I don't do super stressful, stressful, intense workouts anymore. And I haven't for a long time because my stress, my nervous system can't, doesn't want to endure that. And I don't feel any shame whatsoever in admitting that, you know, gone are the days where I might do a hit class or a spin class. I, it just doesn't feel right. There's a massive gut instinct that comes up for me, which is no. And I know I can work my body and stay kind of fit and well and yeah, in a state of fitness that I want to maintain by sure raising my heart rate, sure getting sweaty, but it doesn't need to stress my system out. And then one final thing to share is I think it can be helpful to acknowledge that sometimes we've set aside time in our diary and sure you might be meeting your trainer, you might be doing your own training. It can be helpful to go, I've just not able to move my body in the way I expected to today. 
it comes back to one of my principles, kind of, you know, which is like, fuck the shoulds. Why should? I should get on with this. Why? Okay, yes, of course, there's a balance. We want to strive for something. We want to achieve something. But sometimes it's helpful to slow down. It might be to go for a walk and a talk with your trainer. And sometimes people will say, yeah, but I'm paying them. I'm not just paying them to have a talk and a walk. But I will never forget when I was working at the American gym that came over to London years ago called Equinox. They called it Equinox. Um, One of the trainers there, he was helping to train us because we were learning before the gym opened, said one of my clients came and they were super stressed and just so much going on that we decided to not hit the gym, but go out for a walk. And they were so much better and lighter and felt more refreshed after that. So it certainly helps to read the situation sometimes. So that is something that I think is super valid and necessary for you or a trainer to be up for, let's say. And here is a poem I would love to share with you because poetry means a lot to me. I write poetry, I read it a lot, and I've chosen specific poems for each episode, so I hope you enjoy them. This is a poem by Liesel Graham, Woman Unhooked. A man once told me, if only you were smaller, I could love you more, perhaps if there was less of you. And if only I had seen just how thin he was in all the wrong places, and just how little there was to him and to his love. Perhaps I would not have lost so much of me. But I was young, and I was soft in all the right places. So I took all of his words, and I wrapped my thighs, and my hips, and my breasts, and my soul, until I was completely hidden. And it was the sixth day, and it was still dark. And later, others came and said, You are too tall. I cannot see myself when I am next to you. And can't you see that there has to be less of you and more of me? For the Bible tells you so, and you must obey. And they grew thicker, the layers, until they were walls. And all I knew was how to live smaller, but never small enough. Until one night I heard my body weeping. A year ago, or forty. Or perhaps it was right at the beginning, when blame fell like blood on the first woman's shoulders, and I said, Enough! I will not carry this anymore, and I will throw down this weight. It does not have my name on it anymore. And in the dark, I ran my hands over my head and my arms and my legs and my toes, and I felt all the things that were stuck there, all of their hatred, and all of mine too stuck deep inside all of my softness and I felt my belly, this ripe round roof over the holy space within me that grew a whole child and you dare say that I am not enough? And I said thank you to my heart for beating and beating and beating and for never giving up on me despite my trying and I whispered love to my lungs for the breath always the breath that I now find in sacred stretches and in other holy places in the back of my eyes 
where they could never ever see. And I felt my breasts full of the beauty that gave life to a child. And they are not here just for your amusement. And neither am I. And I have had enough of this war. And I ran my fingers over my skin and my bones and my past and my hopes. And I unhooked everything there. Every word, every one, and every single thing that I never invited in until all that was left was me. Here in the light, it is good. Thank you for listening to the Mums King Matter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at The Birth Recovery Coach on social media or contact me via my website. The link is in the show notes. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about my coaching offering, hop onto my website and book a free discovery call. Sending you love and peaceful wishes. Until next time, look after you.